0: There is one problem, which is sin, and only Jesus Christ has a solution. Amen! Happy Father's Day! It is awesome to be here with the family of God. I mean, what a great service it has been so far. I think of Liam, he right away brought the passion. He brought the zeal into the service today. I mean, you know that you have come to the very kingdom of God when even the announcements make you take notes, okay? I mean, that wasn't that incredible. Shelly came about, she said, dream without a plan is fantasy. And dream with a plan is vision. I'm like, okay, wow, this is like, you just got to start taking notes when announcements are being made at church. This is incredible. Uh, Gustav did an amazing job. Thanks so much for your vulnerability, bro. That 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 was incredible. And what should I say about Liam and Shaney? I mean, after that, it was just pretty much, we can all go home now. Like, this is, this, this is it. It's, we've, we've been fed today. Uh, Shaney, of course, sees somebody who has set an incredible example uh, in the sacrifice to God in giving. And God has blessed it. <laughs> As God says, test me in this and, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. But really, this is a special day today. Which really is a day to celebrate our fathers. That is both our physical fathers as well as our fathers in the faith. God, of course, has blessed uh, me and Ashley with two incredible boys, Oliver and Everett. Uh, they are a great uh, joy in my life. And again, just to see them grow, just to see their personalities. Uh, they, they teach me as well. They challenge me. You know, they, they call me higher. Uh, it's like, daddy, you forgot to pray. It's like, oh no, let me let me get, get, get praying here. We, usually pray when we when we go to sleep in the evenings and different kind of things. So, and of course, we couldn't have done it without wonderful moms. So we're grateful for the, uh, for the parents of our children. But I'm equally fired up for our sons in the faith. Uh, of course, men like Gustav, who just turned three years old spiritually this past week on Thursday. He got baptized three years ago, and actually was on Father's Day that specific year. So, uh, Happy Father's Day, Eric. Uh, what what better present you could ask for on a Father's Day than to see your son being baptized into Christ? Of course, men like Liam who have worked with me, faithfully in London, and he has been a grateful. Uh, he has been an incredible support to me on a personal level. And of course, I had the honor of inviting Simon and Tamara to church, and they both became disciples. They're still here. So again, it's great to see physical children and families, but also spiritual families in Christ. Yes. And it's crazy to think that we actually just came to Sweden 11 days ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's really been action, action-packed. Yeah. I mean, the fact that we have a venue already, uh, just to be here for a second time, and, and really just building, building things up. Uh, to see all the people who are coming, just to want to grow in the relationship with God. It is incredible to see. Mm-hmm. So really, I'm just excited for what is ahead. Yeah. Because really, we're just getting started. We're just yeah. laying the foundation that the church is going to be built on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The title for today that I have picked is The Fatherless Generation. Wow. The wow. Fatherless Generation. Bro. Wow. And actually, I had forgotten about the fact that it was Father's Day today when I thought about this topic. (laughs) Because it was just something that was on my heart. Mm. Because really, is that not the generation we are living in? Even as the Father's Day is supposed to be a great occasion, a joyous occasion, for many, it is a heart-wrenching topic. Mm. Some of us, we never knew a father. Mm. For some, there was abuse in the family, Mm. physical abuse, Sexual abuse. For some, in order to even become disciples, forgiving their dads was their biggest challenge. I remember starting with this brother in in London. And actually, his dad had made uh, their mom co-sign a contract, which led to both of them parents going to jail. And again, then for the children, they had to stay with a foster family. And there were many issues. And even after he got out of jail, he said, I don't have any kids. So, basically, disowning his whole family. And again, to hear your dad, something like that about your dad, again, that just leaves wounds in your very soul. But again, just to see this brother starting to study the Bible, to become a disciple, and actually seeing him forgive his dad, really from the bottom of his heart, and it's as if this huge weight had disappeared from his heart, and he could finally be free. And joyful. It's so like, yeah, I, I love my dad. I forgive him my dad. It's not like, oh, yeah. Well, like, okay I forgive him. No, like, like sincerely from the from the bottom of his heart. Yeah. Another young man of 16 years old. He actually broke down in tears when we talked about his relationship with his dad. And again, also, they had gone through a lot. And for him to be able to forgive his dad, it really enabled him to actually have a soft heart and to cry, which actually hadn't been able to do just because the hardness in his heart because of unforgiveness. For some, the father just didn't set a great example. For some, their dad was distant, even as they were around. A few of us, we had great dads. But for many, there are deep wounds in our soul because of this very topic. The father wound, the fatherless generation. To give you some statistics, 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. Fatherless children are twice as likely to drop out of school. Children living in two-parent households with a poor relationship with the father are 68 more likely to smoke, drink, or use drugs compared to all teens in two-parent households. Mm-hmm. 43% of US children live without a father. Mm-hmm. Children with fathers who are involved, though, are 40% less likely to repeat the grade in school. They are 40% less likely to drop out of school. Wow. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to get A's in school. And they're more likely to enjoy school and engage in extracurricular activities. Children with involved, loving fathers are significantly more likely to do well in school, have healthy self esteem, exhibit empathy and pro social behavior, and avoid high risk behavior such as drug use and criminal activity compared to children who have uninvolved fathers. Mm-hmm. And studies in parent child relationships and child well being show that the father's love is an important factor in predicting the social, <laughs> emotional and cognitive development and functioning of children and young adults, mm. the father's influence. Let's go to Psalm 68. Come on. Psalm 68. And this really is an amazing psalm that shows the heart of God. Psalm 68. And we can turn to verse 4. And it says, Psalm 68, verse 4. Sing to God. <laughs> Sing praise to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. His name is the Lord, and rejoice before him. So I pray that we are praising God, that we are singing to God in our morning times with him. Even as being out, I believe it was yesterday, I was just singing this song and you, you kind of just start singing and you kind of start just like getting into it. You start like playing around with a song and like, wow, like let's like kind of modify it a little bit. And it's really just brought me to tears just to be able to sing to God. Verse 5. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads forth the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So even if our fathers haven't been there for us, even if they have been absent, even if we have felt alone, it says, ultimately, God is our Father. And he has been looking after us. He has been training us. He has been providing for us. Because that is who God is. He's our Father. And he says that God sets the lonely in families. So not only is a part of to us, he also surrounds us with a family, yeah. which is the kingdom of God, the church. Yeah. Check out Mark 10. Mark 10. Mark 10. And we can take Mark 10 verse. 28 this is the story of the rich young ruler who went away sad because he didn't want to sell his positions he loved money more than god so it says in mark 10 verse 28 peter said to him we have left everything to follow you (laughs) so in the minds of the first century disciples there was no doubt that following jesus cost you everything because they said we have given everything (laughs) and so what's what's in it for us what are we going to get out of this I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, verse 29. No one who has left home, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields from me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, okay, he had to drop it in there, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. So really one of the biggest blessings we get, apart from eternal life, is that God already in this life gives us families, hundreds of homes, which really becomes a reality in the kingdom of God. I remember going to Los Angeles for the first time in 2008 to spend some time with the church. Um, Eric was so sacrificial, actually paid for my flight just to be able to do that. And uh, the couple who picked me up, well, they didn't know what I looked like. So, so he was just at the airport, I'm Casper, I'm Casper, I'm Casper. <laughs> i Casper, i Casper, i Casper. He's like, hey, it's me. <laughs> and, uh, and they uh, gave me a ride uh, and uh, just uh, gave me a bed. And uh, uh, afterwards, I realized, actually, they, they let me sleep in their own bed that night when I came and we had never met before. So again, that is the kingdom of God. The true disciples, they become our brothers, our sisters. And again, it becomes a real family. That's what the kingdom of God is. Come on. So God gives us 100 times as much. If you perhaps didn't have a brother or a sister, a hundred times as much. And also, parent figures in the faith. We get to have fathers and mothers in the faith. He says, children. Of course, it doesn't mean you're going to have a hundred children a man. That may be a struggle. Two two is already a lot for us, for me and Ashley. But he's talking about spiritual children. That will bear much fruit. We help a lot of people become disciples, come to faith. And again, they become our spiritual children. Oh. So God sets the lonely families in the kingdom of God. So that we never have to be alone. We have a family we get to be part of. Let us turn to First Corinthians 4. And the first point today is the call to imitate. All right. The call All right. to imitate. First on. Corinthians 4. I fired up to hear the word of God today. Yeah. Okay, that was like that was like two out of ten. Okay, so let's uh, let's have a test here. Okay, so like that that's that's what two out of ten looks like. Okay, so what does three out of ten look like? Okay, okay, yeah. What, what about four out of ten? Okay, okay, that's better. Five out of ten? What about six? What about seven? What about eight? What about nine? What about 10 Are I'm excited to hear the word of God today. Because I don't want to preach to a dead church. No. We don't believe in denomination Christianity. No. What a preacher does the preaching and the crowd is quiet. That is sin. Yep. Because God is calling us here to be giving. So if I'm, I'm here to give to you, you got to give back to me. Yes. Because if it's going to be a dead church, maybe we can just sit down, read Harry Potter, go no. home. No. So we don't want a dead church, man. we want an alive church yeah. for God. Yeah. The call to imitate. So if I'm giving my heart to you, you got to imitate. you got to give my, your heart to me, amen? Yeah. So it says in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14. Come on. And it says, I'm not writing this to shame you. So I'm not calling your heart to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became a father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I'm sending to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. Who is uh, He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere, in every church in the church said. Amen. You see, the Apostle Paul had become a father in the faith to Timothy. And again, that had such a close connection. And Timothy had such a high level of imitation of Paul that Paul says, I don't even need to go. I'll send Timothy to you, and it'll be exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So that was the level of imitation they had. Mm. I will never forget watching America's Next Top Model. <laughs> that was my, my BC days before Christ, OK? <laughs> and I remember there was this, this model there, and she, uh, uh, she came to the, to the, to the uh, judges. And they asked her, so who is your role model? And she didn't have any. And they just rebuked her. How can you be here and not have a, a role model? Who do you want to be like? And, and they, they, were, they just went after it. <laughs> I what, wow, this poor model. Like she, she got rebuked here. <laughs> because ultimately, how do we grow? Imitation is the highway to success. Wow. So when we imitate, that is the fastest way to grow. So if you're not growing, question is, are you imitating? Mm. Because if your example calls you higher and you imitate, you are going to grow you're going to change and become more like the one you are imitating. Christ ultimately, but also Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So as we imitate our spiritual examples, we're also imitating Christ. Mm. So we've got to imitate and we've got to have that heart. Come on, come on. But really, what is the dire need in this day and age? The need is for fathers. Which for us war fathers, it is to set a great example of what a father looks like. Because again, the example is missing in a society. So few people have a great example of a father figure, of a role model. And the need really is for us to be fathers, not just uncles. Right. <laughs> what does an uncle do? Gives you candy. Exactly. <laughs> Hangs out with a kid, incredible time, go to uh, Grenalund, you know, you have an awesome time. And then it's like, OK, back to the father. <laughs> you take the responsibility, you take care of him, OK? I just have the fun together. Whereas the father is like, okay, that's my responsibility. <laughs> if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. Mm. And really, that is the heart that we've got to cultivate within this family. Come on. To have parents in the faith, mothers and fathers in the faith. Mm. And okay, those are the people I'm responsible for. Not, well, somebody else will take care of them. No, no, no. I'm responsible for them. Yeah. Well. And again, as we talked about, a hundred times as much children. Mm. Do you have any spiritual children? When is the last time somebody you met became a Christian? Mm-hmm. You see, we've got to have the heart to follow the Great Commission. I pray it's not become the Great Omission, which is to go and make disciples of all nations. Mm. Making disciples so that the family will grow around the world. And again, providing a family for all nations. Yeah. As we were preparing the mission team to come to Sweden, uh, we watched this movie called Remember the Titans. Yeah. Uh, how many here have seen the movie? Remember the Titans? Yeah. Okay, okay, the, okay, cool, cool. Uh, It's a, it's an awesome movie. If you haven't watched it, please do. Uh, but really, it's a, it's a movie uh, which talk, talks about it's a, it's about a mixed football team being put together, American football team, during a time when it was very segregated between the blacks and the whites. And again, uh, that's ultimately what our church should be: a church of all nations, a church that is mixed. You know, so we ultimately need all nations represented. Yes. We need that dark espresso. Yes. Not just the espresso, we need the double espresso. We need the triple espresso, that dark, like dark espresso, amen? We need that in our family. We need that caramel frappuccino. Let, let's get some caramel into the kingdom. We need that mocha. It's such a nice teen, doesn't it? Mocha. We need the mocha. We need the vanilla latte, amen? Swedish people do love God. And we need the Thai tea. What are those Asian flavors in the yeah. kingdom, amen? Yeah. We gotta have those Arabic beans. We gotta have that Middle Eastern flavor, man. Yeah. And ultimately, form it into a team for God. Yeah. Well, that's a side point. Anyhow, uh, in Remember the Titans, uh, the team uh, was about to get on the bus to head out to the camp, where this Coach Boone, uh, who was played by Denzel Washington, he has a conversation with the all-American captain of the team, and he's kind of giving him an attitude, okay? That's like some members in our recent team sometimes, but hey man, anyhow. Uh, so Coach Boone goes, and he asks, are your parents here? And he says, There's my mother. And Coach Boone says, good, and kind of gives her a an nod. And says, you take, a go- you take a look at her. Because once you step on the bus, you ain't got your mama no more. You got your brothers on the team, and you got your daddy. You know who your daddy is, don't you? Wow. Gary, if you want to play on this football team, you answer me when I ask you, who is your daddy? Who is your daddy, Gary? Who is your daddy? This is you. Mm-hmm. And whose team is this, Gary? Is this your team or is this your daddy's team? Yours. Mm-hmm. Now get on the bus. Put on a jacket first and then get on the bus. So you got some great discipling there, man. But really, who is your father in the faith? We got to have a father in the faith. Who are, who are you a son or daughter to? And who are your children in the faith? Because really, that is the example we see in the scriptures, an example and the call to imitate, to have a father-son relationship. And I'm so grateful for the father figures I've had in my life. Uh, Of course, when I became a disciple, Erica served as a father figure for me, uh, which was uh, was super helpful just to teach me discipline, servitude, diligence, uh, so many things. Then I had parents in the faith, but sadly, they became false teachers, and they fell away from Christ. Yeah. So also, there was a time I was spiritually orphaned. Uh, I'm so grateful going to London, because Michael and Michelle, who lead the church there, as well as the whole European world sector, they became a part in the faith. My father and my mother in the faith, Michael and Michelle, for me and, and Ashley as well. And again, Michael, of course, he sets an incredible example. I mean, he's a former bodybuilder, super fit, uh, talented, charismatic, uh, great marriage, parenting, I mean, everything. So, so just a high example to imitate. Yeah. And even as we're going to London, uh, Kip who is this moment, he really just put it on our hearts that, OK, you've got to go after adoption, <laughs> meaning really just building that relationship with them, to have parents in the faith. Mm-hmm. So we did. And really, that is what I strive to be, to be the Michael as he would be here in Northern Europe. Amen. We were at the Devo, and I was just doing a short uh, charge, and Shane was saying, come on, Michael. Oh, come on, Caspar. <laughs> I think that that's a compliment, man. And even uh, back in London, I told Gustav, Gustav, when you preach, you got to sound like this. And then after he did, one of the ladies just kept confusing our names. And he was like, and and Casper, no, I mean Gustav. And then Casper, I mean Gustav. He was just, because that is imitation. So what has helped Gustav grow so much during these past three years? The imitation of the father figures in his life. Again, imitation is the highway to success. And we try to figure out things our own way. It just doesn't work. Yeah. So we got to go after. We really got to embrace this principle and really go after that, building that special relationship. Sometimes the father in the faith may be your age. Sometimes even younger than you. That's OK. But that imitation was so great that Paul really had a son in the faith. I don't need to come. I'm sending him. He imitates me. So if you imitate him, you imitate me. I think of parents in the faith. I think of Christopher, who actually baptized our brother, Chris Salmi. And now his son in the faith, Chris, is actually helping Christopher come back to his relationship with God. Amen. Because in Proverbs 24, 16, it says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. And of course, Christopher, he wants to get restored. Amen. You see, if you're part of the remnant, your glory days were not in the past. They're still ahead of you. Because God has an incredible plan for your life. This past week, I was walking through Normalm, and I was praying as I went. And I thought of the scripture in Jonah 4, verse 11, where it reads, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from the left? And I realized that really, that's what Stockholm is. So many people. Who cannot distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's ultimately a bunch of kids yeah. who do not have a father yeah. and do not have a direction. And the parents they didn't know better either. Yeah. So, really, you left to your own devices to figure things out. Mm. And again, it doesn't work. Yeah. So, ultimately, what does this place need? It needs the word of God. Mm. It needs to realize that, okay, we have God as our father, but also to have fathers in the faith. Because again, for anybody coming from outside pretty much, I mean, Sweden is amazing. <laughs> it's, you, you, you earn well. You don't even have to have some, like super special job. And you're, you're, you're well off. You're taken care of. Uh, the government takes care of you. Yeah. But again, people are depressed. <sighs> yeah. And people wonder, like, what is so depres- depressed about? <laughs> again, you, you think of what's going on in Ukraine right now mm. with the war. Yeah. And again, like we're complaining, like my, my cappuccino isn't hot enough. Yeah. Again, like we're, we're we're so entitled in a society, yeah. we have it so well that really we just lose our gratefulness. Yeah. And again, we get used to the good stuff, and so ultimately, if it's not good enough, then we are we're not satisfied. Yeah. Very entitled. Yeah. So again, you're gonna tell the Ukrainian people how difficult you're having it, yeah. really? Wow. We gotta be grateful for what God has given to us. Yeah. And again, ultimately, we gotta take people in here in Stockholm. Will it yeah. you be those? parents in a faith to them so that they're taken care of so that they have direction and know which way to go. Our second point is embrace your role. Embrace your role. Let us turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Embrace your role. You see we live in a time where There are many celebrities but few role models. Many pretenders but not many contenders to live a righteous life. The word of God is being silenced in the name of people not being offended. We live in a time where the men are soft and the women are strong rather than the opposite. A time where men are starting to take home the titles in women's athletics. We live in a a time where taking a strong stance against the lack of modern morality is seen as a taboo. We live in a time where losing one's virginity rather than protecting it is seen as an achievement. We live in a time where living as a fully committed Christian is considered cultish. And the list goes on. You see, we are at war. A war of ideas. And it is time for men and women who know God and love God to take a stand for what is right. Sadly, God ordained family structure is being broken down. Mm. Now, I don't use the term traditional family structure because that's not really what it's about. It's about it being God ordained family structure. It, is, it says in Genesis 1:27, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You see, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, <laughs> not Eve and Iveta. In our day, young boys and girls are told, you can choose your gender. And those ideas are spread in schools and in the government. Male and female. A man is a man, a woman is a woman. Isn't it crazy that something so obvious is considered as a radical message in our day and age? we got to embrace our role. Because we don't make up our own identity. God gives us our identity. Another thing is to embrace the identity that God gives to us. I'm so proud of our sister, Shani Cave. Now we call her Shani Brave. (laughs) So why is she called Shani Brave? Well, she actually shared a video of a disciple who used to live a life of homosexuality for many years. And actually, then he became a disciple and turned from that lifestyle, married a woman, and now they recently had their second child together. And again, Shani, when she posted it, her Facebook Blew up. I mean, how often have you made a post where which gets like 150 comments and 50 like mad smileys, emojis, <laughs> 50 angry emojis? And again, there were very hateful words being thrown around from the LGBT community towards Shaney and the disciples, bigoted, uneducated, hateful words I cannot say as a Christian. So I'm not allowed to promote somebody who turned the homosexual lifestyle around, got married, and had kids. Why not? Because his life dispels the myth that people are born that way. You can have a certain attraction, but attraction doesn't have to be action. I think of our sister, Steph, in in Birmingham. And of course, she started studying the Bible with the brothers to become a Christian. And at one point she said, well, guys, uh, I got to tell you something. Actually, I'm not a man. I'm a woman. And the brothers went, "Okay, you go and study the Bible with the sisters, amen? And although she had lived as a man for several years, mm. she got baptized as a disciple and the de- transitioned. What? And she was a major influencer in the LGBT community. Wow. Mm. And again, are you happy with the choice? Wow. Or are you upset because it doesn't promote your agenda? Wow. So what happened to your tolerance, your love, your acceptance of all that wow. you say you promote? Yeah. So when I promote the life of somebody who turned from the LGBT movement, now you have the right to cuss me out, wow. insult me, Belittle me. Come on, bro. So what you're really saying is that we're tolerant and accepting of everyone as long as you agree with our views. Hypocrites. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, but you're taking away people's right to choose. No, people have the right to choose whatever they want to do. But again, I don't have to approve of every single choice that people make. Right. Yeah. What did Jesus do? He was not tolerant of sin. No. Yeah. No. John 8:11 says... Then, neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and live a life of sin. Mm. She says, I'm not here to condemn you, but you gotta change. You gotta repent of your sin. On, so, again, we gotta come back to the word of God to know which way to go yeah. and to stop being confused. Yes. You see, God gives us our identity, not social movements. So, we gotta embrace yes. our role. Are you with me? Yes. Let's go to Colossians 3, verse 18. Come on. And it says, Wives, submit to your husbands. <laughs> As he's feeding in the Lord. I actually said, I mean, I don't think anybody else did. Amen. Husbands love you. Okay, George is getting on board. <laughs> Husbands love your wives. Okay, it was quiet on that point. Oh, yeah. And do not be harsh with them. Wow. Children, obey your parents in everything, for mm. this pleases the Lord. Mm-hmm. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Yeah. So, we see here the call for the wives to submit. And again, submit, it's become a cuss word in our day and age. Oh, submission! Because we think it has to do with inferiority. Wow. But biblically, submission is done among equals. Yeah. Because you make the deliberate choice to be under somebody. Mm. And sometimes in our marriage, i got to do it to win my wife. Mm. But the call is, for wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, mm-hmm. and it's feeding in the Lord. Because again, it goes against the grain, the culture. And ultimately, in every situation, somebody's got to lead, yeah. Yeah. and that is the brothers, amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, brother. amen. Me and Ashley, we have a great, great marriage dynamic. You know, when uh, when 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 I sin, when I mess up, she she forgives me. <laughs> now, when uh, when she messes up, she forgives me. So it's a it's a great uh, functional dynamic that we have in our marriage, amen. amen. But ultimately, it's really true because ultimately, men take the responsibility. Yes. She's not happy, that's your fault. <laughs> She's not having quiet times, that's on you. Again, the men take the responsibility. They got to lead the family. They got to lead their wives. Mm-hmm. Titus 2 says, teach the older women to teach the younger women. I mean, are we not part of a women's ministry in the church? Yeah. I was in the other, other room, actually. My, 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 my wife preached on Wednesday uh, just to hear the girls being fired up and being in their own element, helping other girls just grow in their faith yes. and become disciples, which is like lacking in many churches where the guys do everything. And so the women don't really have a role, Come on. which is just like, well, you just uh, sit at home and don't do anything, take care of the kids. No, no. We have women making disciples. Yeah. Yeah. We have women baptizing disciples. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, we've got to lead as men, amen, yes. to make sure that the women don't baptize more women than the guys, amen. <laughs> <laughs> so really, the society is geared towards taking away the role of the parents. Who's going to raise them? the school, wow. Wow. the coach, wow. <laughs> at their hobbies. Mm. They will raise them. Yeah, your kids are going to be raised to be great atheists in the future, too yeah. wow. busy to visit go to church. Uh-huh. What are you teaching your kids, mm. and what is the example that you're setting them? Wow. If you show that cause kingdom isn't your top priority, mm. the kids will do what you do, mm. yeah. because they see your actions. So again, we've we got we to gotta lead our family by example. Yeah. And it says, fathers, well, it says, do not embitter your children. Yeah. So again, ultimately, it's the role of a father to discipline the children. In Genesis 18, 19, it says, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. I mean, isn't that an incredible scripture for yeah. the fathers, mm. just to direct his children and his household after him, to keep the way of the Lord? I think this is incredible. Yeah. And again, it says, don't impede the meeting, don't discipline children out of anger, mm. out of impulse. You just lose it, and then because again, that's ungodly. Yeah. Mm. The Bible calls us to be self-controlled, and again, mean administer the discipline. Mm. So, how is your household? How is your family? Let's go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Gotta build up the families. Yes. It It does. That was one of the main lessons that Michael was teaching me. So so goes your marriage, so goes the church. (laughs) (laughs) Because again, if the marriage isn't doing great, what are you really giving on to other people? It says in Ephesians 5, verse 33. And it reads, however, each one of you also must love his wife, as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Mm -hmm. So he talks about love and respect. You know, the Beatles say, love is all you need. (laughs) That is false doctrine. (laughs) The Bible says, yeah, love is vital. And love is vital, it says, husbands, love your wives. Because if my wife doesn't feel loved, it's game over. It's like bad. They say happy life, happy wife, happy life. Things are not happy if, if, if the wife doesn't feel loved, OK? Um, but ultimately, that is not the fundamental need for a man. Because like which guys go, yeah, my wife just doesn't love me? Like, yeah. we don't say that. <laughs> but we can absolutely feel disrespected, OK? She doesn't respect me. Because that is really the fundamental need for a man. And really, when the guy doesn't feel respected, he may stop giving love. Wow. And when she stops receiving love, she may stop giving respect. Yeah. So you end up on this crazy cycle yeah. where you don't love and respect each other. And again, that just messes things on up. So again, we got to unconditionally, which is a challenge, for the guys to give love, even when she's not respectful. Yeah. And for the women, which is a challenge, to give respect even if you don't feel loved. Oh. Yeah. But again, then you actually get to, building each other up. (laughs) So what about (laughs) R-A-S-B-C-T? What about respect? Again, Aretha Franklin made a song famous. Actually, it was Otis Redding a guy who wrote that song. In fact, he collected all the income for the song since he wrote it. But that is not to say that women don't need respect. And it's not to say that men men don't need love. Mm -hmm. But what is our most fundamental need? Mm -hmm. It is for the guys to get the respect and for the women to get the love. Yeah. When will the feminists join along and say, let us unite in showing respect for the men? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Is that what's happening? No. 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 Again, people are out of their role, yeah. yeah. which is why things aren't working. A yeah. yeah. man, not to be obnoxious, but again, to be godly men. Yeah. Self-controlled, leading by example, yeah. providing the love. So again, we need the men to be men. Yes. We need the women to be women. As a woman, you don't want to preach. Like, it's like, oh, sis, you know, that's, Ooh. Just take it, take it easy. Like, be a hey, man, be a, be womenly. Hey, man. I'm not a brother. You really aren't eating your wives, you know? So it can be, you know, I mean, like, women can say, like, super convicting stuff. It's just like, whoo, like, where did that come from? It was like, you know, amen. Uh, so, so, so things like that just come out in conversation sometimes. But again, men being manly, in a biblical sense, and women being real women. So in a church, we need to embrace our role. Which is, we need awesome marriages, yeah, yeah. OK? We need awesome marriages where the men lead the family. And already we have started spending some time with the disciples here in Stockholm, and that's one of the things that is very obvious. Men aren't leading their marriages. And again, that's an issue. Like, if you aren't having a time with your wife every week to wash with the word, and then you're wondering why she's upset, why she's irritated, why she's not at peace, because of your lack of leadership. Because men aren't leading the marriages. We have women who are getting out of their role. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, that's not your role. That should be your husband. And again, why? Because you aren't embracing your role. Mm-hmm. And also, that falls on him, again, because men take the responsibility. Yeah. But again, we need awesome marriages mm-hmm. with awesome intimacy, yeah. awesome times together, mm-hmm. awesome parenting. Because marriages are supposed to set the example. So when other people here in Stockholm get out of campus, they get to work, they get married, they should be exactly like you. And I so appreciate the uh, Bogdan and Georgia. And again, just just a couple that like you 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 want to be like that. Awesome jobs, you know, fit. That's kinda well, we just you know get married and and you know gain weight watching Netflix, like that's that's not their agenda. They don't believe in that. Which is awesome because we want the marriage to look like that. Uh, setting a great example. We need awesome singles in the church, man. Awesome singles. In our former fellowship, we had some people, businessmen, said, I'm going to pay for this mission team for a church to be planted. I mean, that's pretty awesome Mm. if our singles were to be doing that. Singles who are fit. Singles who have great paying jobs. Mm. And again, really, that's been an issue, uh, even in London coming from there. Because we we settle for so little, and just people don't believe that they can have better jobs. Mm. So you're just stuck for years in jobs that really don't pay what they're supposed to be paying you. (laughs) Because I mean, everybody wants a disciple as an uh, an employee, Mm. people who are reliable, don't cheat, Uh, diligent, disciplined, respectful. I mean, like, everybody wants employees like that. Mm. But again, we undervalue ourselves because we dislike faith, ultimately. And then people started applying for jobs like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this job. But they started getting those jobs, and they started performing well and earning a great amount of money, amen? Yeah. Yeah. Because that is really one of our biggest needs, finances. Yeah. Like was mentioned, we don't meet you for free. It would be nice if you could. Yeah. We love you guys. OK, that's awesome. Now she us the money. <laughs> because this world doesn't run on, on just empty love, amen? Yeah. But, but we need the finances. So we need awesome singles and marrieds to be sacrificial in our financial giving. We're going to address it at the leaders meeting later on today. If you are an unmarried sister, offer to babysit. Jesus, whoa, it got quiet in his room. Woo! Wow! That was like the most quiet I've seen and heard like in like, wow. That was like the, before the light was created, before there was sound, before, wow. That was very quiet. You got to help out with the married kids. And the kids got to like you. And our kids are like, I don't like sisters, so-and-so. It's like, wow. <laughs> if you cannot win like a, like a four-year-old, oh, no. how are you going to win somebody to Christ? Wow. Oh, no. Are you giving when you're with the, with the children, or are you just doing your thing, or you just be on the iPad? Wow. <laughs> oh, no. we got to have, Imagine. imitate, again, being, being a great mom. Imagine. Because that's what we're raising up. That's what we're building. Yeah. So again, ultimately, the city needs change. Yeah. And this church needs change. And we need change. What's going to help us? Not the worldly-isms. Atheism is not going to help you. The Bible says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Mm. Fool meaning not intellectually deficient, but morally deficient. Because there is sin. That's why it blocks you from believing in God. Mm. Agnosticism literally means lacking knowledge. Mm. So how long will you choose to remain ignorant? Since in fact you can know God. Mm. Liberalism. Just feel free thinning it up. That's not going to help the city. Mm. Feminism doesn't promote godly roles. Socialism doesn't lead people to God. Mm. Marxism, Mm. God-hating. So what the city needs is evangelism. Because if you simplify things, there is one problem, which is sin. And only Jesus Christ has the solution. And the city is as open as your mouth is. When you start evangeling, you're like, people are open. (laughs) But we just got to open our mouth. So again, the call today is be a spiritual parent. We really just to bring about change in the city. Mm. And as we evangelize, as we open our mouths, we will see the city transformed. Mm. So let us make disciples. Let us take people under our care to really love this fatherless generation to the glory of God. Thank you and God bless